Good morning. Can you hear me? Yeah. It's good to be here. Um, I, I've been an elder since, I think it's February 2020, and believe it or not, this is the first time I've ever spoken at Hillview. So it's good to be here. Um, I think part of that is because we were rudely interrupted for 18 months by COVID, which meant that we couldn't just kind of be here together, and we relied on the guys to do, do uh, uh, YouTube um, church, which we're all grateful for. Um, so this morning, I'm going to preach on Psalm 23. I know you guys are going through a sermon series at the moment. Um, this, is, this is what we're looking at at, at Kintour. Um, we are doing seven um, psalms, working, uh, Harley started on Psalm 1, I'm on Psalm 23, and Dan's doing Psalm something else today. Um, so this is a bit of a last minute diary change, so Martin allowed me to um, recycle the sermon that I preached last week. And this will now be the third time I've preached it because I've preached it in front of a camera for um, Kintor. We put them directly onto YouTube rather than doing live like this. We preach them at home and put them, put them on YouTube. Um, so it's, it's always great to look at a passage in this detail and preach on it a few times because you just really get to know the richness of it. And Psalm 23 is one of these really popular psalms. I think if I surveyed everybody here, what's your top 10 passages? I think Psalm 23 would be in amongst most people's top 10 passages. It's one of these um, popular psalms. It's, it, you see it often, or you used to, I think maybe in the 90s more, you used to see it written on tea towels, um, see it in picture frames in your hallway when you walk in the house. Um, it's one of these much, much loved psalms. Um, but when we look at a passage that we're really familiar with, there's a bit of danger there because we think we know it so well, we often know it by rope that we can sometimes just kind of um, just wax over it and, and not look at the depth and look at the, uh, the, the, the deepness in it. And, and even looking at this myself, I've seen things I've never seen before. And I think that's what's great about the Bible is you can look at passages you know so well and then you suddenly see things that, oh, I'd never noticed that before. Um, and that's just the Holy Spirit speaking to us through God's word, which is, which is great. Um, there's a quote by Alexander McLaren, who is a Scottish Baptist, uh, who was a Scottish Baptist in the late 1800s. And he said this about Psalm 23. He said, the experiences with which it details are common. The emotions this expresses, simple and familiar. The tears that have been dried, fears that have been dissipated by this old song. The love and thankfulness which have found in them their best expression prove the worth of its simple words. So if you can open your Bibles, most of you maybe got them ready already at Psalm 23. I'm just going to read Uh, through the ESV version. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I'm just going to set the scene for Psalm 23. So the psalm's written by David. The suspicion is it's written when he's on his throne. Many commentators think it's later when he's on his throne. So when David's writing this, he's reflecting on times he's gone through his life and how, he's, how the Lord has walked with him through these lives, through these times. So David at this stage would have gone through many, many trials and tribulations. Multiple times he's been this close to death 
And it's only God's hand, God's gracious hand, that's pulled him back from these times of death. So he's writing this in reflection, looking back at these times that he struggled, but also the good times and how God has walked through these times with him. And it's a really personal psalm. There's a lot of me's and I's and you's in there. So David's writing this as a personal psalm towards him, uh, towards, towards God. But as we know, this is penned by David, but these, these are God-breathed words, just as the whole Bible is. So God has, has given David these words to put in the Bible for us. So although this is a personal psalm between David and God, it's also a personal psalm between us and God. And David is writing this as a shepherd. So as we know, David was a shepherd of sheep. And when he's writing this, he's a shepherd of God's people. And this psalm, um, there's so much richness in there. There's, 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 a, there's a few things that I just want to highlight before we go through it. So it really demonstrates some of God's attributes and, and some, some things that he gives us in caring for us. So in verse 2, it, it, it tells us how God gives us rest. In verse 3, it tells us how God gives us restoration. In verse 4, it tells us how he gives us protection. In verse 5, it tells us how God provides for us, how he gives us provision. And in verse 6, he explains how he has a heavenly, eternal home waiting for us. And it's almost split into two sections. Verses 1 to 4 is, is speaking about God as a shepherd. And verses 5 to 6 is speaking as God as a heavenly host. So just wanted to focus on this word shepherd. It's not a word we use very often anymore. I think we'd, these days we'd say sheep farmer. So in, in those days, shepherds were really important. Their job was to care for the family's flock of sheep. And it was usually the younger member of the family um, that, that had this role. And it was the lowest of the low, the low jobs. But it's really important because these sheep provided food, they provided meat, they provided milk, and they provided income for the family. So it's really important that he looked after and, and protected this she- these sheep. But it's a very lonely job. Um, David would have been on his own with, with his flock of sheep. But it's important that he's there to protect the sheep and provide for them. And the sheep can only be... Um, comfortable and have all their provisions and, and even exist because of the shepherd. So that's why it's such an important role. And today, um, shepherds uh, or sheep farmers, the role is very different because um, in those days, uh, it would be a nomadic lifestyle. Um, and it still is in the Middle East now that the shepherds would be moving from pasture to pasture, leading their sheep um, to different grazings because there's a limited resource of grazing in the, in the, in the Middle East. But to, to, in Scotland, we've got lush grass, we fertilize the grass, we've got rain, we've got sun, we've got um, fences that keep the sheep in, keep them protected, um, and um, we've got water troughs. Uh, there are very little predators, um, but it would have been a very, very different story for, um, for, Dave, uh, for David in these times. Um, so just, I'm just going to work my way through the psalm, um, just, just speaking about it. So after mentioning that the Lord is David's shepherd, he mentions, I shall not want. And we might look at this saying, isn't it great? David had everything he wanted. Um, but I think maybe a better way to work at this is, look at this, is I shall not need. Because when we think of wants, we think of things that we want as opposed to things that God wants for us. So we might think that we want the latest iPhone, iPhone 13 Pro, or we, we want a bigger car, a bigger house, or a better car, or something like that. But what, what, what David is speaking about here is, is the needs that, that God provides for him. So this is more spiritual needs, things like rested soul, um, and the provision that God gives us, things that God provides us that God knows are good for us, as opposed to the things that we want that aren't necessarily good for us. And then in verse 2, 
David says that he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, this, this is a, a really good metaphor for me because I have my own sheep. I've got nine sheep, and I, I love my sheep. Um, they're great pets. Um, and there's nothing better than me looking outside and I see my sheep lying down because this means a few things to me. It's, this tells me that they are, they are, their, their stomachs are full of grass. They're satisfied. Um, they don't need any water. They don't thirst. They don't hunger. Um, and they only lie down if they feel safe and if all their needs have been met. So lying down in green pasture uh, is, a, is a picture of a sheep that has everything provided and, it, and feels safe and feels comfortable. And also green pastures in the Middle East aren't particularly common. They have to move from pasture to pasture. So this is a sheep where his shepherd is caring, caring for him well. And this is one of the things that I've never noticed before, but something that I, I noticed when I looked at this passage for this sermon is that he makes me lie in green pastures. He doesn't invite us to, or he doesn't lead us to, or he doesn't ask us to, or he doesn't suggest we to. He's actually commanding us to lie in green pastures. And lying in green pastures is, is a picture of um, being in a restful place. And I think in this, God is reminding us that it's important for us to, to rest and to have spiritual rest. Um, and God rested on the Sunday, and he commanded us to rest on the Sunday as well. And it's important that we find times on Sunday, but also daily, to have rested time with God in his words, um, in prayer, um, time away from the craziness of life just to focus, focus on him. And, and then he leads us beside still waters. And I think leads is a great word because you can picture God walking ahead of you. You know, it, it's, it's a better word than walking beside me, I think, because God walking ahead of us, he's leading and directing this path through our lives. And um, we, we follow him. Um, and, uh, you know, God knows where, where we should go far better than us. You know, how many times do we have plans in our heads of how we want our lives to go? And God takes us in a totally different direction. And we follow him and he leads us. And then we look back and go, oh, okay, I, I get that. I, I see why you've taken me that way, that way God. So it's, it's good to picture God as a leader and as, 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 as a follower. Um, and still waters, still waters, again, a place of calm and a place of rest. And when the sheep approach a still water, they know that it's a place of safety. There's no predators. It's a good place to take a drink, which is another important provision that um, the shepherd provides for his sheep. And in some ways, still waters is almost like an Old Testament version of um, Philippians 4 um, verse that we, we know well in the New Testament, where Paul says, uh, speaks to us about peace which surpasses understanding. So David in these two verses here is, is, is speaking to us about how God can allow us to rest in places of calm, in spiritual calm. And then in verse 3, he tells us how he restores our soul. Now, if we look at the Hebrew behind the word restore, it can also be translated as repent. And in some ways, this is a reminder that as we work through this verse, uh, as this, through the psalm, we'll see that this psalm is pointing towards Jesus and how Jesus also fulfills our needs. And we know that repentance is a word in the New Testament where we repent of our sins and we are forgiven for our sins. And 
David is a shepherd, as, as I've said. He's a shepherd of, of, of uh, his, his sheep, and now he's a shepherd of God's people. And Jesus is also a shepherd. And we're told that in the New Testament. In John chapter 10, verses 11 to 1, Jesus said this. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then later in verse 14 to 15, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So Jesus fulfills this shepherd role that David is telling us about here. And Jesus, as he says in his passage, he knows each of us. And back to my sheep, um, we, as I say, we have nine sheep. And I think when we look at sheep in the field, they all look the same, don't they? But actually, when you know your sheep as individuals, each of my sheep has their own different personality, and they all look different. And from a distance, we can, we can tell you which, which sheep is which. And my daughter is particularly good at this. And so she will step out of the house, and she will call to the sheep, and they will bar back at her. And she will know from the bars which sheep it is, even with her eyes closed. And, David know, uh, and Jesus knows us in abundance times that. He knows each hair on our head. He knows our fears. He knows our worries. He knows our struggles. And just as I know my sheep as individuals, he knows us each as individuals. He doesn't see us as a big flock of all the same. You know, we are all individuals. And he knows us better, better than, 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 than we know our, ourselves. And in a way... And you'll hopefully see where I'm going with this. Jesus is also a sheep. He's a shepherd, but also a sheep. And what I mean by this is that Jesus was obedient to God on the cross. God was a shepherd. Jesus was his sheep. And when Jesus struggled as a human and, and didn't want to go to the cross, um, he, he followed God's command, and, and he went in obedience to the cross, and he died uh, in, it, which allowed us to be um, saved and for our sins to be forgiven. And Jesus also gives us rest, and he gives us restoration, and he allows us to repent. And Matthew eleven twenty eight says this, it says, Come to me, all who are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. So looking at verse 3, continuing through verse 3, we then look at, uh, it says that he leads me in paths of righteousness. So again, the word lead comes up. And this is God laying down a path ahead of us. And he's laying down a path of his righteousness, of God's righteousness. And this passage almost doesn't fully become true until after Jesus. Because through Jesus, Jesus has allowed our righteous, God's righteousness to be seen in us. Because we cannot live up to God's standards on our own. So because this path is led before us, Jesus and his salvation allows verse 3 to become true. Um, then we walk, uh, move on to verse 4. And this is where David talks about the difficulties that he's been through, the trials and the tribulations that I spoke to at the start. And he mentions, describes it as the valley of the shadow of death. And if we look at the Hebrew behind this, it can also be translated as the darkest valleys. 
So going back to the shepherd's role here, the shepherd's role would be to lead the sheep from pasture to pasture, grazing to grazing, um, because there'd be large areas with no grazing, and they'd, they would have probably taken the same route continuously uh, for years, from watering hole to grazing to watering hole to grazing. But it would have been impossible to get to these places without going through places of danger. So they would have to lead the sheep through valleys, literal valleys and metaphoric valleys, um, there would have been um, predators, um, there probably would have been lions, there would have been wolves, there would have been uh, robbers, um, people trying to steal sheep, um, uh, and there would have been dangerous rivers that he had to cross. So this is, this is what David's talking about here, where he's, he's talking about the valleys, he's, he's kind of giving a metaphor of what the shepherd would have taken the sheep through as, as, as struggles. And it talks about the rod and the staff comforting us through these valleys, and the staff is another word for a shepherd's crook. So a shepherd's crook is a long stick with a, with a hook on it. Um, and it almost acts as an extension of your arm. So when you've got a flock of sheep and you want to bring your sheep to where they should be, you're guiding them, you're leading them, um, you, might, you usually would walk behind them. And any stray sheep that, that leave the flock, you would, you would get the, the staff and you would lead the sheep back into, the, back into line, back into the path that you had had planned for them with your, with your um, staff. And it also had the hook. So if a sheep really got away, you could catch the sheep by um, putting the hook um, around its back leg and bringing the sheep towards you and then putting it, putting it back into the flock. And the rod was almost like a, a big stick, almost like a big truncheon. And um, this is for protection. So this is to protect the sheep from, um, from from predators, from animals. So it would mean that shepherds like David could stand up to these predators because they'd have a rod to scare this, um, this predator uh, away from the sheep. Um, so this is, the rod and staff are a picture of protection and, um, again, leading, leading um, in the path that the shepherd had, had laid out for them. But it tells us here that um, through the valleys, you are with me. So God is with us. And God is with us with his rod and his staff. And he is offering this protection that David talks about, the, the shepherd offering to the sheep. He is protecting us, and he is guiding us, and he is leading us, and he is walking ahead of us again, as it says in this psalm. But it's, it's just as important that God leads us through dark valleys as he does through green pastures. And it can be difficult to understand that when we're going through these, these dark valleys. And there may be some of you going through dark valleys at, at, at the moment, but we can take comfort that God is with us through those valleys. But the question often is, especially when we're in these dark valleys, is why, why is God taking us through these dark valleys? Why is he leading us through these, these challenges and these difficult times in our lives? And there's a quote by John Calvin, which I think is helpful. And it says, there is nothing into which we, will, which we more easily fall than into a forgetfulness of him, especially when we enjoy peace and comfort. In other words, it's very easy to take God for granted when we are not dependent on him. And when we're not dependent on God, when life's going well and we're not struggling, we're more prone to becoming a wandering sheep and walking away from him. And what can increase our awareness of our need for him the most. And often, that is the darkest valleys that he leads us through. I've got a, a good friend who um, has a medical condition. And um, 
he has times when he's off work um, and, he's, and he's unwell. Um, and I remember there was one time when he was off for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months and um, maybe not months and months and months, but you know what I mean. Um, and I spoke to him and said to him, you know, how, 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 did you, how are you through this? You know, how's it been? And, and he said to me, um, it's been the best time of my life. And I said, why? And he said, because... This has been the time when I felt closest to God. This is the time when I had time to read his word, the time to pray. The busyness of life was gone. It was a few months of quiet and hearing God's, God's word. And I think sometimes life can be so busy that we just cannot hear God. And we need these difficult times to just not have busy life so that we can focus on him and hear, hear what he has to say to us. But... I, what we need to remember, though, is that um, as we're going through our darkest valleys, um, that verse 4 says to us that I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So in other words, we're not alone through these dark valleys. God is with us, and he protects us. And as, as it says many times for the psalm, he leads us. And he is always with us, ahead of us, walking through the valleys with us. And an interesting thing to think about is that this is a valley of the shadow of death. And a shadow is only possible if there is light walking alongside the object. So looking at verse 5, it talks about how God has prepared a table and a place in his kingdom for us. And Jesus told us about this, and in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, Jesus said, I tell you, many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And then later in John chapter 14, verses 2 to 3, he said, in my father's house, there are many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you? that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So what Jesus is saying here and what David is saying in the psalm about God is that a table is being prepared for us. A place is being prepared in his kingdom. And he will anoint us and he will supply us with an overflowing cup and a cup can only overflow when it's full. And this reminds me of John 7, 37, 38, where Jesus says, where it says, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and he cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. So Jesus is waiting for us in his eternal kingdom, in a kingdom where there is no sin and where there are no valleys, and he has prepared a place for us in his house. And this is a promise, that whatever difficulties we face in life here on earth, they will be gone and never be returned when our shepherd meets us in his kingdom. And Martin was speaking at Kintour a few weeks ago, and I don't know if he spoke the same sermon here or whether this was a Kintour-specific sermon, but there's something he said um, for us to remember, and he said, this is not our forever home. 
Our Father awaits for us in our eternal heavenly home. And this is one of my wife's favorite phrases. This is not our forever home. And she often says this to me. Just remember, Charlie, this is not our forever home. And it's a great thing to, to hold on to. In, in verse 6, David finishes Psalm 23 in a confident way. He says, surely, he's confident, that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my lives. And, you know, he's acknowledging that there won't, that there will be valleys. And, but it means that he is our shepherd and that we are his sheep and he will be with us through our green pastures, but also through our valleys. And through good times and bad times, this psalm is encouraging us to draw near to our shepherd who leads us and follow him and to fear not. But we're also encouraged to look in anticipation towards our heavenly home and to look towards the day when we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if we can learn to have David's confident assurance, the journeys through the valleys will be easier with our shepherd by our side. So draw near to him through green pastures and through your valleys. And just remember that the valleys are not our home. Our home awaits us, and within it, our shepherd awaits with open arms. So just to finish, I've got a question that I want you to ask yourself. Can, can I say, ask yourself, can I say that the Lord is my shepherd? And you can ask yourself that question, but then you might say, well, how do I know? How do I know that the Lord is my shepherd? So Jesus tells us in John chapter 10, 22 to 28, I'm just going to read that. It says, at the time the feast of dedication took place at Jerusalem, it was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple, temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and they said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them from my hand. So if the Lord is our shepherd, we are his sheep. And Jesus tells us that his sheep are those who hear his voice and believe him, and those who follow him. And if we believe in him and we follow him, he tells us in John chapter 10 that he will give us eternal life and that he will never perish and that no one will snatch us from his hand. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this psalm, Lord. And although it's a passage that we're all so familiar of, we thank you for the richness of it and, and the truth in it and for opening our eyes to the depth of what it is that you're saying to us through the psalm, Lord. We just thank you today for being our shepherd and explaining to us what a shepherd is and, and how you care for us and you love and provide for us in, in being our shepherd, Lord. And Lord, we, I just pray that you help each one of us to follow you 
and not to take our own path, but to follow you and be led by your path, Lord, because we know that your path is always the best for us. And Lord, we thank you that Jesus is our shepherd as well, Lord. We thank you for what you did for us on the cross. We thank you for our salvation, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.